Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is VSIN Tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, let's talk college hoops. Take a look ahead at the Saturday card. It's always a monster. We've got the Circuit College Hoops Challenge on Friday night. The co leaders heading into week four of the contest Greg Hoops Peterson of VSIN and David Deneen. Handicapper from Reno, former college basketball player, each 11 and 4 against the spread. Wes, you and I need to find more winners on the uh, Saturday card for the contest uh, this week. Going to take a look at some of the biggest games on the schedule. And uh, one I want to start with in the ACC because uh, Duke, I think, is a team that's got some potential to surprise in March. It's very rare that the Blue Devils will fly under the radar kind of um, nationally at this point in the season. But I, I kind of I feel like that's the case. Duke is at Wake Forest on Saturday in a big game in the ACC and a, a really important game for Wake. I make Duke a small road favorite here. What's your preview of the Blue Devils and Demon Deacons? Yeah, I think Duke should probably be around two and a half or three. I've got two and a half. Uh, on okay. My sheet. That's what okay. I'm uh, Duke has won five in a row. Now uh, twelve and three in the ACC. They are uh, the current co-leaders with North Carolina. Wake Forest all by themselves in uh, fourth. And uh, look, Wake Forest, uh, one of those teams that are kind of right there uh, on the precipice. Either you know, last four in, first four out, uh, depending on uh, which uh, bracketologist you trust the most or value the most, but. This would certainly be like almost a clincher if they can get this because they really don't have they haven't lost any horrible teams. Wake Forest, uh, you know, they haven't they don't have those losses to a team that's 200 in the in the Ken Palm or the Bartorvik or or whatever. But they don't have a lot of marquee wins. And they did beat Florida in the non-conference, uh, did beat Virginia at home, just trounced Pittsburgh the other night, one night, uh, 91 to 58 after that heartbreaker because they had had two heartbreakers in a row. I know they ended up losing by eight at Duke, but but that was that that was uh, even though they never led. 
that was a competitive game for most of the game. Uh, ended up not getting inside the number. Then they lose by two at UVA, where it was 49 to 47. Uh, low-scoring game. So then they routed Pittsburgh. Good rebound. Get Duke coming in. I would lean Lake Wake Forest here, but I want to see, you know, how much they're going to tax the the quote-unquote okay team needs to win, you know, so to speak. Both of them need to win. Obviously, Duke wants to maintain first place in the ACC, but I feel like it. The spot would say Wake Forest, but I want to see if that number matches the spot. You know, and anything, yeah. you know, three or more, I'd certainly be interested in the Demon Deacons. Yeah, I could see that, too. Uh, and one thing is, when I make my numbers on uh, Wednesday night or Thursday night for the Saturday card, I don't look at the Ken Palm mm -hmm. first. I don't want that to influence the number I right. make. Do you look at Ken Palm before you make your own? Ah, I do, because that sometimes I think gives me a gauge of what the market is going to come out with. Well, I'm saying before you make your own numbers, do you look at Ken Palm? I don't want to know. Not, what, I do huh? not do that, okay. but okay. but I do, you know, once I have, then I look at right. it because I want to mm -hmm. see, okay, is the market aligned with them? Sure. Now, now, the market is not necessarily in terms of opening numbers. They're not necessarily doing what they've done the last few years where they're doing the copy-paste of the Ken Palm. Sure. So you get these things that are like obvious situations spots and it's already taxed in the number well, I shade you're my, not beating right. the number i shade my numbers based on the situational spots. yes for sure. yeah so yeah. so that's what the bookmakers are, are doing now too north carolina and duke atop the acc at 12 and 3 carolina won the first meeting those teams are going to meet again carolina is at virginia on saturday this is numbers a bit tougher for me to make because this virginia team Man, can look they're pretty good a little, at times. They're a little bubble Can right look now. really, really bad at times. Uh, I don't know, Wes. I made Carolina a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Number might be a little bit higher. I, 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 think that, I think that's fair. Now, obviously, if you're looking to buy Virginia here, you are buying at an absolute low. Because remember, remember, I, I think I want to say it was it was Miami in the next game. And, and, and it was uh, where, my, where uh, Miami – uh, got held to I think like 38 points by by Virginia on a Monday game, and then the next game against North Carolina they did lose, and they've lost five in a row. Wheels are falling off down there in Coral Gables, but they did cover that number. So do you do the same here with Virginia? Virginia had uh, last two games, by the way, 90 combined points. They scored 41 at Virginia Tech on on Monday night. That was a money line play for me. It's like, oh, I wish I would have laid the spread actually, but yeah, it was 75 to uh to uh 41 UVA shot I'm just doing math in my head. 17 of 52 overall. So that's 33.3%. They made two threes. Uh, it's 0.66 points per possession. How about like, the previous game where Virginia shot one for 11 from the free throw line? Yeah. So, so you you know, are you thinking, okay, they're going to get some shooting regression here in the positive? They are actually a pretty good shooting team from the three at 37%. That's top 30 in the country. We know what Virginia does. It's pack line. They slow the tempo. They have the slowest adjusted tempo in the country. Uh, the defense is very good. It's predicated a lot on the tempo uh, that they play to. They never – they don't hardly turn the ball over so this is always a smart pretty well coached team uh N north carolina remember how they were a house of fire a few weeks ago and they've been trading wins and losses lately though now you know they're still up there where they would probably be what a two maybe a three seed or, or something like that but 
Ever since they had that big winning streak where they won nine in a row, start nine and zero, lose at Georgia Tech, get upset, beat Duke at home, yep. then lose it Cle- to Clemson at home, then barely get by Miami, then lose at Syracuse, and then uh, got away from Virginia Tech in the second half and won by fifteen. So they've actually had a week off here, the Tar Heels. Virginia won that game against Wake Forest, forty-nine to forty-seven, and mm-hmm. the Cavs shot one for eleven on free mm-hmm. throws. One for eleven. Yeah. Can you recall anything like that? Yeah. When you minimize, no. When you minimize the possessions, though, you will win games like that. And and look, I think their defense is good, but whenever you look at these defensive efficiency ratings, I often think that there's a little bit of bias towards the tempo because they're minimizing possessions sure. uh, so much. I agree with that. Alabama right now on top of the SEC standings at 11-2. and two. Kentucky lost at LSU at the buzzer on uh, Wednesday night. How about this matchup? Kentucky, Alabama, and Lexington. This is a tough number for me to make. I actually made Kentucky a two-point favorite. What do you think? I think it might end up being like Pickham. Okay. I, 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 that's, what I, that's what I think it's going to be. Kentucky obviously off a uh, – a heartbreaking loss where they they blew a big lead uh, against LSU and uh, got beat at the buzzer. Defended it actually very well, but the kid just saved the pass from out of bounds. It happened to find a rebounder underneath, and they threw it in. So Kentucky actually played good defense. They blew a 15-point lead early in the second half. So you have Alabama. Now, do you value the fact that they have momentum even though they didn't cover the number? They had to come back against Florida. Well, see, that's part of my thinking here is uh, Alabama is off a really tough game against it's Florida. The, the, the Tide had to win in overtime. Mm-hmm. Kentucky off a tough loss. Recently had a three-game home losing streak. Kentucky's not going to be an underdog in its home I, well, I'm like, if they are, then I'm certainly yeah. thinking Cats. But I think it's probably going to be Pick'em. Okay. All right, how about this one in the Big 12? Kansas and Texas. And... Uh, I don't know if this number is going to hit double digits, Wes. I made it Kansas eight and a half. I think it might actually come a little bit higher. I'm not, I don't know. What about you? Uh, I, I think that's probably. Texas at Kansas. Sorry. Kansas is the home team. I don't know if I prob- said that. The that's probably one. a fair number. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas, by the way, uh, has not played since they came back in the second half against uh, against Oklahoma. And, uh, it's a good up- win for the Jayhawks. And Kevin McCuller should be healthier for this game, too, right? Yeah, because uh, because uh, he, he, he did end up playing 35 minutes. Right. Now, he did not look 100%. But. Johnny Furphy and uh, Hunter Dickinson really carried the day uh, for KU. So KU uh, go uh, getting Texas at home. I, I think probably seven and a half or eight here. Kansas, by the way, uh, right now I believe would be fourth. They're tied for third in, in the Big Twelve standings. Uh, and uh, Texas, right there, mid pack. Man, uh, they're not a bad team, but they're six and seven in the conference uh been basically trading wins and losses uh, the last few weeks did uh, win against kansas state on monday night did not cover uh that game however so lean lean kansas here i i I think that they could be they've had a lot of competitive games here lately and uh you know maybe maybe due to kind of run somebody out a little bit because they haven't blown out anybody in a while actually since they played houston the first weekend of the month you said that because when i was making this last night looking at these two teams i said this could be a blowout i think the jayhawks might win this one big yeah yeah look uh texas uh they 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 have scores 
I mean, you know, with Acemas, uh, the kid from uh, uh, Oral Roberts, uh, Dylan Disu, I think, has been the guy that's really carried him, though, lately. Johnny Furphy is really coming on. That's added a dimension to Kansas because we were talking about the lack of three-point shooting, consistent three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. And with uh, Furphy, I think the Jayhawks have uh, been much better, more efficient offensively and better behind the three-point line. One more I'll throw at you before a quick break here. This is a tricky one. How about BYU at K-State? Always a tough place to play. BYU definitely the higher-rated team. And off their big, arguably their biggest win of the season. I know they beat Iowa State earlier. They went over Baylor. Uh, And by the way, when these teams played in Provo, BYU had to struggle to pull away late to win the game, did not cover. I've got this BYU minus one, but I think the – I don't know if you want to give K-State any points at home here or not. Uh, you know, I wonder uh, with K-State, because K-State obviously would be, uh, I think, out right now. The fact that uh, they are, uh, what, 1-7 and seven in their last eight, uh, just lost to Texas. I think they've, yeah, they've lost seven of their last eight. The only team they beat was Kansas at home yeah. in overtime in the Octagon of Doom. Look, tough home court there, uh, but uh, I think BYU... If they're a favorite, it's going to be like one. I think this might be a pick em here, though. But uh, Kansas State, look, they need, a, they need a win desperately. They've got some really good ones, but they've got a lot of losses, and those add up. They need this badly. Hey, we'll take a look at the Circuit College Hoops Challenge standings. And we're also going to talk Villanova-UConn. Do the Huskies bounce back and win big in a rematch in the Big East? Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
let's take a look at the Circuit College Hoops Challenge standings through three weeks. This is going to be a seven-week contest. Greg Hoops-Peterson and David Deneen at the top at 11-4 against the spread. Adam Burke of Eason and Jim Roop, handicapper from Chicago, each at 8-7. and seven. Bobby Buckets, Brubeck of Austin, Texas at 7-8. and eight. And uh, the rest of us need to pick it up with uh, losing records as we head into uh, week four. And I got to say, Wes, last week in the contest, by far the worst week we've ever had in two years of doing the Circuit College Hoops Challenge. Yeah. So we got to bounce back here in week four on Saturday. Looking ahead to the uh, Saturday card in College Hoops, I do want to go to the Pac-12, and we're going to talk about a, uh, a significant game in that conference tonight, UCLA-USC. Bruins off a last-second loss to Utah a week ago. Actually, it was on Sunday night. USC, one of the most disappointing teams in the country in college hoops. What do you make UCLA as a short favorite here against USC? Yeah, maybe maybe six, five and a half, six uh, over uh, over uh, USC. Uh, USC has had a week off. Remember, they lost that double overtime, by the way, to Colorado, a game they really should have won because they led most of that game. I, I think they were up 16 with about 10 minutes left to go in the second half and uh, uh, just couldn't bring it home. And look, you got a lot of young talent on this team and a lot of kids that are going to be in the NBA, uh, but they make some bad decisions, man. Uh, they, they Sometimes they will take some bad shots and uh, uh, make Andy Enfield uh, pull his hair out. But uh, in, in terms of talent, I think USC is certainly the more talented of the two teams. Uh, when you just look player for player, but UCLA has been the better coach team and, you know, got 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 beat at the buzzer there by Utah. Utah ran a great play, by the way, uh, uh, at the end there. So credit Craig Smith for draw, drawing that up. But I don't know where I'm going here. I think it's going to be about five and a half or six, though. I've got UCLA a four and a half point favorite, but that's okay. just my number. Could be wrong. And um, one thing about this UCLA offense, it's hard to lay much because they, yeah. uh, uh, they don't have much uh, firepower offense. It, it's, about it's, been, it's been better with the, with uh, Dylan Andrews running, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, a little bit of high ball screen. Remember uh, what turned that game uh, Sunday against Utah? Sebastian Mack, I believe, got a flagrant foul and then got tossed uh, or got tossed from the game. So that's when Utah, because Utah was kind of on the brink of maybe uh, getting ran a little bit and then uh, uh, came back and won there at the end. You know, we're going to talk about a uh, upset tonight in the Pac-12 here in a couple minutes, uh, Wes, that uh, is going to uh, change some things in, the terms, in terms of the uh, national uh, picture in term, and maybe top seeds, who are mm -hmm. the number one seeds in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I want to go to the Big Ten for a minute. Illinois blew a big lead I think a seven-point lead in the final 45 seconds and had a bigger lead than that, 14 points at one point in the second half, and a loss to Penn State, 90-89. to That probably means Purdue's going to be the outright Big Ten champ in the regular season because the Illini couldn't afford to take that loss. They come home to face an Iowa team that's been hot. The Hawkeyes had a big week, win over Wisconsin, a win at Michigan State. Illinois hosts Iowa on Saturday, I've got Illinois an eight-point favorite. What do you make that number? Iowa didn't look like they had a prayer, uh, by the way, of uh, even getting into consideration for the NCAA tournament. Now they're absolutely right yeah. there. So uh, uh, when when you look at uh, Illinois, 
they were they were laying ten to Nebraska uh, just a few weeks ago. You got lucky uh, they, to win that yeah, game. Yeah, they did not cover that game. Probably so should have lost the game. I would probably say, and they laid nine to Maryland, where they lost outright. And Iowa was just a ten point dog, nine and a half, ten point dog at Michigan State. So I think that if you give them credit for that, they're probably going to be about the same at Illinois. I think. I don't think it's going to be over ten. I've got eight, eight and a half. Do you think Illinois bounces back with a convincing win or no? Yes. I, I just, you know, I, Illinois, look, if you watch that Penn State game and, and if you haven't watched them a lot this year, they get up and down. And, and that's what they want to do. Look, that, and that's how Iowa always plays. They like to get up and down. But does Iowa re- really have the athleticism? They have, at least in the past, but do they really have the athleticism to go up and down with Illinois? I just don't think that they could get enough stops, Matt. So uh, a high-scoring game, certainly in order here, because Illinois kind of lets you run what you want to run. They don't really force a lot of turnovers. Penn State was able to go up and down with them. Uh, I, Iowa does force some turnovers a little bit. Iowa didn't turn the ball over at all, so uh, – Iowa will get their points, but I just think they won't get enough stops. So I think Illinois probably wins semi-comfortably. Okay, how about Penn State hosting Indiana? And uh, the Hoosiers obviously in a big-time slump. Will it help the Hoosiers to get away from home? It couldn't hurt. (laughs) I mean, it it probably couldn't hurt. Uh, uh, This is probably one I'm not going to play. I would say Penn State probably about five here. Against yeah, I've got, I've got three and a half, but I thought it could be a bit higher, too. Yeah, because big, it, it's going to be tough to get betters on the Indiana side. Well, it's like, yeah. you know, I don't really want to bet Indiana uh-huh. uh, based based on uh, what we've been seeing. And, you know, you're going to wonder, you know, if, if Mike Woodson and the staff can keep this team or if this team isn't going to check out on the rest of the season. And, 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 I, and, I, and I worry that they might, but... You and I both thought that was a big spot for the yeah. Hoosiers against Nebraska. A lot of a lot of handicappers thought that the betting market moved in Indiana's favor. No shot. But Penn State in conference play has only been favored one time so far this year against Minnesota in late January, and they lost outright at the Bryce Jordan Center. By the way, this game is going to be back at the Bryce Jordan Center. It was in Rec Hall right. on Wednesday, where, where Penn State smaller gym looked like an intramural gym, but they had a home court advantage there, though, and it was packed. Brad Underwood, the Illinois coach, said, I kind of wish we were playing in Bryce Jordan because yeah, he, he thought Penn State had a bigger home court well, advantage in the smaller it's arena. It's kind of cavernous in there, you know, in terms of what they draw for basketball. And they packed the place for wrestling, of course, but uh, number one program in the country. But... Yeah, uh, now you're playing against Indiana. So that home court is, is not as good as it certainly was uh, last uh, no, Wednesday night, I should say. Let's talk about the upset in the Pac-12 tonight at Circus Sports. Arizona closed a 13-point favorite, minus 1,000 on the money line. Washington State returned plus 675. Wes, I said early in the show I was kicking myself because I wanted to, wanted to take the points with uh, Washington State, but I just feared that Arizona firepower on its uh, home floor. I chickened well, out, too. For the first time in 14 years, Washington State swept Arizona. 77-74. Jalen Wells hit a three with 25 seconds to go, and he was fouled and hit the uh, free throw to convert a four-point play. Cats came up empty on the other end, and that's your final three-point win tonight for Washington State about, in uh, Tucson. Uh, you know, if this ends up this way, the uh, final Pac-12 tournament here at the T-Mobile Arena and as of uh, uh, just a few minutes ago, 
Washington State would be the number one seed in said tournament and would be your conference leader. Uh, uh, now 12-4, and four, Arizona 11-4, and four, and then Washington State, of course, has the sweep, as you mentioned, over Arizona. So if there was, by the way, any doubt uh, about Washington State, Lock City. Oh, I don't think there's over. Any over they are in the tournament so pac 12 is at least going to get two now can oh. somebody else uh, uh rise up those ranks kyle smith is a hell of a coach yeah and uh washington state was going to be in the tournament anyway but now you got to say how how good a seed can uh the cougars get uh could they be a four seed because you want to be one of those protected four seeds one two three or four right now i, I would say and uh this is probably going into that. I would have maybe had him in the eight nine range. Yeah, that could be better than that. It's going to be better. But because <clears> I think it was, I think it was because uh, of, the, of, of the non, the non conference schedule. It was certainly held against them. Uh, uh, but you know, one of the weaker ones in the country. But they're they're not eight nine anymore. I don't know if they're as high as four or five. I think they're probably like a seven right now. Maybe a six. I'm just saying. I'm looking at a lot of these teams that are projected to be on the the four or the five. They're losing. Washington State's got a chance to rise. Now you got a sweep of Arizona, which was projected to be a one seed going into tonight, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 Arizona, by the way, uh, you know, we'll see how that's going to affect uh, uh, their seeding going forward because the 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 deal with that, Matt, in terms of like strong number one seeds, I think you have three really strong ones. You have Purdue, you have UConn, and you have Houston. Oh, even it's almost borderline to say those three are locks. I think they're, yeah, they're strong number one seeds. If, I, if you look at the odds of DraftKings, it basically says that uh, UConn and Purdue are locks as one seed. Problem so. is you got you got some kind of, uh, I don't want to say weak like they're bad teams, but you got some weakish twos like like Kansas. Like Kansas I don't think should be a two. How about Tennessee I think could be a Tennessee, one. Tennessee, I think Arizona and Tennessee may battle for that last one. Uh, so maybe there's going to be a change, but – don't be surprised if Arizona, still in honor of your bracketologist bracketology on Friday, is still in the number one spot. Yeah, but I, I don't know, man. I hear what you're saying, and I know that Arizona's got a, uh, a stronger resume. The best non-conference win for Washington State, by the way, was against Boise mm-hmm. State, which is not a lot to brag mm-hmm. about, but a, a pretty good team out of the Mountain West. All right, quick break. Come back, talk more college hoops, more NBA betting here on VSEN tonight. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Looking for a betting edge on college basketball? The VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN pro today. Get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the College Hoops betting guide with bracket breakdowns in March, full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting splits. Updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes. Visit vsin.com slash pro to subscribe today. vsin.com slash pro. Washington State completes a regular season sweep of Arizona, 77-74. Here at Circus Sports, Washington State plus 675 on the money line is a 13-point underdog. And right now the Cougars sit atop the Pac-12 Conference at 12-4. and four. Wes, did you know Washington State has never won a Pac-12 basketball championship? Yeah, and how about doing it in the last year when, uh, when you know, you're 
you and Oregon State are, are, are left uh, on the sidelines here. You're not getting to uh, uh, have the landing spot and the golden parachute into the Big Ten. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, uh, that'd be a hell of a story uh, if the, if that happened uh, for the Cougs, if uh, they could win the final season. Go out with season. a bang, right? Absolutely. Jalen Wells with a four-point play to help Washington State take down Arizona tonight. You know, if you look ahead to the tournament, Tim Murray of VSEN tweeted this. I think a lot of people might be looking to fade Arizona Wildcats in March. Remember, they got bounced in the first round by Princeton yeah. last year. Tommy Lloyd and the Cats, 0-4 ATS in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, look, at, at times, and, and we mentioned at home how good they were. They had uh, one of the uh, largest point differentials, and then they finally get beat uh, uh, at McHale tonight. Uh, Washington State outright, I believe. Eight I believe in a row uh, now. what six? What was it? Uh, I think plus six fifty. I believe on the money line six seventy five. Yes. Washington State has won eight in a row, and Arizona now thirteen and one at home. Tommy Lloyd eighty one and seventeen at Arizona. Three of those seventeen losses to Washington State. Yeah, look, he's done. A, he's done a great job, and they win a bunch. But there's high expectations at Arizona. I, I know they only have one national championship in their history uh, back in, I believe, ninety. I think it was ninety-seven. Uh, but uh, this is a team that's a, a blue blood. I consider them to be one. And they win a ton of games and they get a ton of players and a lot of talent and they have a big fan base. You know, whenever they come here to Las Vegas, they basically they pack the arena almost by themselves uh, when they when they come out here for a tournament or some kind of uh, individual game. But there's still something missing with this team. And I get why there's some cynicism uh, with Arizona based on obviously the big flame out against Princeton last year. You know, it's interesting that blue blood topic because over the weekend, Bruce Pearl went off on Auburn fans who were trying to say that Auburn uh, is a blue blood. He said, hell no. He said, he said our fans sound like idiots saying that. I think there are six blue bloods in college basketball and they all have blue in their colors. Mm -hmm. UCLA, Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, and now UConn. Mm-hmm. And then you, the next tier is like Indiana, Arizona. Yeah, in, in terms of like current. Right. Yeah, obviously yeah. you're speaking of right. like historically Indiana, Louisville, Michigan State, I right. think with their success you have to throw in there as well. I think Arizona's in that next tier with Indiana, Michigan State, yeah. Louisville. Yeah, right. look, look at, yeah, Arizona, uh, uh, there's always, there's, there's, been something missing uh though with this team and uh we saw it tonight now you, we've really seen it on the road uh to be only four and three on the road in a very weak pack 12 look at the teams they've lost to too losing to washington state obviously that's that's you know not a horrible loss considering washington state now a lock for the ncaa tournament and leading the conference but, but you're projected to be the number one seed you shouldn't get swept yeah you you lose it <laughs> well, well also you lose at stanford uh, you lose at Oregon State. That was a bad You had to loss. go three overtimes to beat Utah. So this is a really down Pac-12. This is one of the worst I've seen. This is the same Arizona team that we got blown out with when we bet Colorado two weeks ago on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. How good did Arizona look that night? Yeah. Yeah. Where were we? Yeah. And we've seen, uh, you know, the peak of Arizona where it's like, man, this team looks like the best team in the country. They went to Duke and won early in the year. They beat Michigan State out there in Palm Springs. Trounced Wisconsin at, at home, beat Alabama 
and beat them fairly easily. Now, this is a different. Keep in mind, these teams change, too. So when you look at these, you know, these all count in terms of the resume for, you know, NCAA tournament selection, clearly from the committee. But keep in mind, that Alabama team that they beat in December, lot different team now. Oh, yeah. So you can't value these wins the same way and just say, like, they beat the current Alabama because they didn't. If you look at Kim Pomeroy's analytics site, kimpom.com, Alabama is number one in offensive efficiency and Purdue is number two. Circus Sports put up a prop this week. Purdue and UConn against the field to win the NCAA championship. The Boilermakers and Huskies, if you like the yes, plus 260. The no, minus 330. No took a little bit of money when that opened. Jeff Benson of Circus Sports put up that prop uh, yesterday. Wes, to me, it would be about the field or pass. I know you're more of a believer that Purdue can win the championship than I am. And UConn, I think you could get at plus 550, 6 to 1. You can find out there right now if you like UConn to win the whole thing. Yeah, it's been about a 10 cent move. I think it's currently uh, minus 340 on the no, plus 270 on the yes. That that would be certainly the way I would bet it is the no, even though I do have a Purdue future from uh, before the season. Uh, but yeah, th- this is this is wide open here. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get like all seat teams seated four and above like we did last year. You know, I think you're going to get some chalky team. You're going to get at least a 1-1 seed, I think, in the Final Four this time around. But there are more teams that have a chance, and and that's largely because of the NIL and the transfer portal. It's not just the usual suspects that have the NIL money. There's some very good NIL at some some schools you wouldn't think of, and they're able to be competitive uh, here. So, yeah, I don't uh, – I I would certainly not bet the yes on that prop. Going into uh, Thursday night, Rutgers was number two on the in the nation on defensive efficiency charts at Kim Palm. Purdue put up 96 points on Rutgers in that defense tonight. I said Purdue's number two in offense, number 22 in uh, defensive efficiency. How about UConn right now? Number three in offensive efficiency, number 24 in defense. Purdue and UConn numbers very similar. UConn off that 19-point loss at Creighton. And that's the first time we've, uh, well, since that loss at Seton Hall in December when uh, the UConn team was not a full strength. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Huskies look like, hey, this team is beatable. Okay. All right, so now the UConn team comes home. I think going to be highly motivated here again in a rematch against Villanova, a one-point game the first time around. That was after Nova hit a three-pointer at the buzzer to make it look a little bit closer. Uh, Wes, I made UConn a 10.5-point favorite against Villanova on Saturday. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think it opens? I, I think that's probably fair. Uh, might, might maybe ten and a half or eleven. Uh, Danny Hurley certainly tweeted that out. You know, uh, can't wait for Saturday because the crowd uh, talked about uh, the crowd getting on KD down there in Dallas. Uh, uh, the Omaha faithful were getting on Danny Hurley a little bit, and and he gave it back to him. So, uh, you know. Probably ready to, uh, you know, drop it on, on Villanova on uh, on Saturday. But you, you were mentioning some of those efficiency numbers. And uh, uh, I'll get that. I'll get that trend together, like, in the next week here. Uh, you want teams that rank in the top 25 in efficiency in both. Because more often than not, that team wins the national championship. There's only a few of those that, that have those rankings. Houston, Purdue, UConn, Arizona, Auburn, Tennessee, Duke. Right. Uh, North Carolina, Creighton, 
Creighton's a team we need to be be talking about, not just because they beat UConn. This is a team that just missed the Final Four last year and probably could have easily been in it uh, if they didn't get a, a bad call against them. So those are the teams uh, you know, I that you Cre- certainly want to be looking at. I think Creighton kind of fell out of the discussion a little bit because the Blue Jays had that bad loss to UNLV. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a, a couple spots early in the season where Creighton didn't look so good. But, man, that – Blowout of UConn is definitely going to open some eyes, and Creighton's not going to be a sleeper uh, going into the tournament. I, I think you could still get a solid price on them in the futures market right now as well. UConn made a statement last Saturday with a 28-point win over Marquette, and I would think UConn's probably going to blow out Villanova this I, I think so, too. too. This Villanova team, uh, you know, they, they still got a top 30 ranking in, in the Ken Palm, and they have some really good wins. I mean, beat Texas Tech. That's a really good team. They beat North Carolina. They won at Creighton. Uh, so, and they've beaten some other good teams in the Big East, but this team's got 11 losses. They also lost to Drexel. They lost to Penn. They lost to St. Joe. This is just a team, uh, you know, they, they run a lower tempo. When they make their threes, they can beat about anybody, but when they miss them, they, they can lose to a lot of teams, too. This has been a very high-variance team for Villanova. Mark Armstrong, uh, by the way, did miss a couple games. He came back the other night on Tuesday against Butler, where they won by 10. All right, that's Villanova at UConn. We're previewing as many games as we can on the uh, Saturday College Hoops card. we got a few to look at on Friday night as well. And a quick mention of golf betting as we uh, head into the weekend in the Mexico Open as well. We'll wrap up the show next. It's VSEN tonight, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. This 
This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new players can deposit $5 to get a no-sweat bet up to 1000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings, official sports betting partner of the NBA, promo code VSIN. Wes, do you think you might have some bets in the association on Friday night? I bet uh, you will. I, I will. Uh, probably not a lot of overnight action considering uh, – not very widely available in uh, in very many spots right now. I know uh, DK has the uh, the full schedule up with every game, but want to see you know uh, probably a little bit more props. Uh, I had a couple tonight did not do very well, so I'm trying to be at least a little bit conservative the first couple days. You know, playing fewer plays uh, after the All Star break just because you don't know what the rotations are going to be and 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 whatnot. So. You know, trying to, you know, get a little bit more data, especially because a lot of these teams after the deadline haven't had a lot of games together. Uh, so you're wanting to see the usage rates for some of these guys uh, with new players. So I'll have a couple, maybe not a lot, though. How about college hoops on Friday night? You got a lot of the under under the radar type of games. We got the Ivy League, some of the small East Coast conferences. Uh, we got the MAC. Doug Kazarian's alma mater, Brown at Columbia. We've got Duquesne at Fordham. Actually, in the Mountain West, how about Nevada at San Jose State with the Wolfpack uh, 10-point road favorites. What's uh, on your radar for Friday night? I I do have one that I like, and I may end up having more, but obviously doing the show, haven't looked through the full card. But uh, in the MAC tomorrow, Toledo at Bowling Green. Bowling Green getting four and a half at home. Toledo now... uh, they just beat – if you look at who Toledo's rivals are, they basically have four right there in the state of Ohio. Kent, who they beat earlier this year, they just swept Ohio. Mm-hmm. They just paid back Akron uh, uh, on uh, on Tuesday night. So in the MAC right now, Akron and Toledo are tied at 11-2. and two. Uh, Central Michigan uh, under Tony Barbie, former uh, Cal player and uh, player for Cal Perry and assistant as well. Uh, Ten and three, and uh, Central Michigan, by the way, was just the team, uh, just the team that beat Bowling Green. Uh, that team, of course, coached by uh, former UNLV Rebels assistant Todd Simon. Uh, now they're in uh, Bowling Green, Ohio. Bowling Green, by the way, they lost on Tuesday at Central Michigan. They've lost twice to Central Michigan in overtime uh, this season. Uh, so they've lost three in a row. Now they're seven and six, just 16 and 10. This is not a very good shooting team from the outside. Not great at defending the three either. But I do kind of like them in this spot, though, against Toledo getting four and a half because Toledo's riding high. Bowling Green is about as low as they have been because this team started five and one in the MAC, and now they're only seven and six. Their only wins in between were against a down ball state team and against a really horrid Buffalo team who's 344 in the Ken Palm right now. But uh, I'm going to go with Simon's guys here at plus four and a half against Toledo. Toledo, uh, probably the most offensively talented team in the conference, but they can be a little bit erratic. They play fast, as they always do under Todd Kowalczyk. Uh, uh, can be a little shaky on the road. They they lost at Central Michigan. They lost it at Akron. And against the bad teams uh, in the MAC, they haven't really run away. Like, they only beat Eastern Michigan, who's way down for Stan Heath. They're in the 300s. Uh, only beat them by four. Uh, so... 
Toledo can kind of have some sketchy efforts at time to time. They're a little bit of a high variance team. So I like Bowling Green plus four and a half tomorrow against the Rockets. Bowling Green, 882 on the rotation. Plus four and a half. And that's uh, Wes Reynolds play on uh, Friday nights. We talked about tomorrow uh, Friday night's games in the uh, association and college hoops. Let's take a quick break before we come back and preview some more spots on Saturday on the college hoops board. Wes with one round in the books at the Mexico Open. Anything in golf betting jump out to you that you might play on adjusted odds going into uh, Friday's second round? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet if I'm if I'm going to add anything because a uh, uh, disappointing start for my guys. So mm-hmm. my guys uh, are going to need to uh, to uh, to make a little move uh, uh, in in the second round. Certainly, uh, guys at one under par, guys at even par. If I was looking at maybe a couple guys to add, a guy that really struck the ball very well, uh, Doug Gim who's around 28 to one. He's about four shots back. Uh, uh, I like guys that gain on their ball striking. And what I talk about ball striking, that's when, if you're looking at stats and if you, know, you have data golf or any one of those uh, metric sites, fantasy, national bet spurts, what have you, that you want to look at strokes gained off the tee plus strokes gained approach. That is basically strokes gained ball striking and ball striking, of course, does not take into any putting or anything around the green. I tend to rely on that more than I do the around the green and on the green stuff. So Doug Gim, uh, 28 to one, Jake Knapp, 28 to one. These guys are both like four shots back. So within striking distance, uh, certainly. So those would be two that I would certainly consider. I actually consider Jake Knapp, uh, who remember was right in the mix actually at the, uh, at the farmer's insurance open, uh, uh, they're right in there with, uh, with Dietrich and Hoygaard and Matthew Pavone. It's like, who is this guy? This guy's so new on tour and hung in there, had a really good finish. So Jake Knapp, Doug Gim, 28 to 1 would maybe be two I would consider adding. Our buddy, longtime Las Vegas handicapper Dave Koken on, on Jake Knapp before the tournament. Oh, wow. This week. One of the Koken, smoking Koken's long shots this week at the Mexico Open. Mm-hmm. All right, back to uh, college hoops. And again, the Circuit College Hoops Challenge continues week four on Friday night. Will Hill is going to be my co host. He's the defending champ in this uh, contest, but talk about going from the penthouse to the outhouse. Will is now. And the last, he'll bounce back. I'm right. I'm he's, right there with him. He's too good a handicapper. He's going to bounce back. He's four and eleven ATS through the first three weeks. We got a long way to go and a bunch of plays in the NCAA tournament in March in this contest. David Deneen, who is a co-leader right now with Greg Coops Peterson, at eleven and four ATS. Deneen is going to be on the show on the phone from Reno on uh, Friday night in the first hour. Tim Murray and Wes Reynolds also going to join the show. With their best bets. Now, Wes, I don't know if this game's going to be on your card, but let's go to the Big 12. How about Houston at Baylor? Right now, Houston, the number one team in the Ken Palm analytics chart, 16th in adjusted uh, offensive efficiency, number one in defense. I think I made Houston a two-point favorite at Baylor. That's going to be a small number. I I, I think that that's probably justified here. Uh, 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 Baylor, of course, uh, loses to BYU. Um, you know, very tough, very tough place to play. Marriott Center is a tough place to win. So don't think that that's a bad loss by any stretch for Baylor. Uh, Houston has now uh, won four in a row. Um, uh, beat Iowa State, did not cover on Monday night. Really good defensively. This is not a team, uh, uh, especially at home, I ever really like to wager against very often. Uh, 
On the road, I, I don't want to say they, they, you know, they've been both hit and miss. Uh, they lost their first two in the conference on the road. Because keep in mind, this is a new conference for Houston in the Big 12. So tough to win at Iowa State, and they didn't. Tough to win at TCU, and they didn't. They did win at BYU, however. They did win at Texas. Uh, they did win at Cincinnati. Uh, lost at Kansas. So they're 3-3 three and three on the road. Uh, you know, they haven't been dominant, so... I want to see what I could get with Baylor here. Uh, uh, ba- Baylor's still a pretty good three-point shooting team. It's, they've regressed a little bit, but this is a team that shoots over 40% from the three. That's third best Baylor's in the country. Baylor's number four in offensive efficiency. Yeah. So, so you know, they're, they're, this is a team that has shown, and, and you're going to have to make tough shots when you play Houston because of how they defend and how they rebound, even though they don't have good, real big size, but they've got long arm guys and they got athletes. Uh, we were talking about them before the show when uh, they played out here a couple years ago in the ex official Maui Invitational at the Mandalay Bay during COVID against Butler. And you looked at them guys coming out just for warmups, like they're going to beat the hell out of these guys. They just look like a, a dudes, uh, this Houston team. And they still do, uh, especially with uh, Jamal shed, but Lean Baylor here. I want to see how many I can get. Uh, if I can get at least over a bucket here, I'll be on Baylor. Uh, okay, so it's interesting. So tonight you had Purdue, the number two uh, offensive efficiency team, against Rutgers, number two defensive efficiency. And it was all offense tonight with Purdue lighting up Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Here you've got the home team, Baylor, number four in offensive efficiency, against Houston, number one in defensive efficiency, I think the sharper better is going to be uh, on Baylor here. I made this number two. I don't think you're going to get three with the Bears. Yeah, I wish. Uh, I but, but, but Baylor is a team, though, that you can make tough shots. Oh, yeah, that's what I said. I, I actually kind of like the Baylor side here. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to get more, and I'd be surprised if you Tough get to three. win on the road in the best yeah, conference. Yeah, it's it tough to win everywhere, but it's tough to win on the road, especially in the Big 12, man. Just ask Kansas. They couldn't win at West Virginia, who's way down this year. So... No gimmies on the road in this league. Got a couple good games in the Mountain West on Saturday. Colorado State at UNLV. San Diego State on the road at Fresno. And how about this? This might be the game of the day. Georgetown at DePaul. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I'm a, I'm a, my eyes are going to be peeled. Beer in hand. Right in front of popcorn right, ready. Yeah, right in front of that screen on Saturday. Thanks for that to one. the Canadian kid, Ian Cameron, and Doug Kazarian for guesting on uh, the show tonight. This is VSEN tonight on the Sports Betting Network. Stay tuned for Mitch and Paul. Follow the money. Next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. 
With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.